2: sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase that's shopify.com slash special offer
3: you feel this this nervousness on the phone there sir i've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there
4: i don't think it's something i want to do on an overseas phone you gotta make some phone calls hang up the phone prank call prank call Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's so good to have you here. It's game day. Game day eve. Game day night. It's the show before the game. I don't know, man. You know what I'm trying to say. But we do have a bunch of calls, and and as usual, I want to try to get through them so that we can kind of get the pregame calls out of the way, Um, at least as many as possible, because it doesn't do a lot of good. Uh, tomorrow after the game, to play calls that are like, hey, I think tomorrow they're going to win by four. Like, Yeah, almost. So that's the goal, and as per usual, we will start with new callers. If you have never called before, I understand it's weird, but everybody here didn't want to do it, and then they did it, and I can tell you, pretty much everybody calls back, and they call back constantly, and it's awesome. So it's it's addicting, and it's fun, and it feels good. So just whatever it is, man, get it off your chest, 608 Five zero one zero seven one eight is the number to call. New caller, what's going on, man?
3: What's going on, Ryan? Hey. Uh Jacob Wood here, first time caller, long time listener of the show. Uh just wanted to first compliment you on this um, this little Packernet After Dark thing. It's Thank a really you. good way to get everybody involved. Everybody likes having their voice heard. It's really good. So, calling in on a Tuesday after we beat the Cowboys, having a great week so far. I think you said Uh, The words you used were, didn't realize how bad I needed it. And boy, oh boy, is that just the truth. Like, you don't realize how dark it is sometimes until you turn the lights on. And boy, was it getting grim.
4: It reminds me of springtime. Winter is depressing. And you know it's depressing. And you can tell you're kind of feeling down and gloomy and depressed. Like, there's no sunlight and it's constantly cold and it's horrible. And you don't want to be outside and you're a hermit. But you never really realize it until the sun comes out. Like that first day of spring, and usually it's like a false spring. You get like a week of, i would call it 50 degrees or whatever, which is is basically 90 when it's winter. But that sun hits you, and it, it's not just melting the snow. It's like melting into your soul, and it's like, oh, I forgot how amazing life is. This is so awesome. I never want to leave. Like the smells and everything. It just it illuminated everything, and you're like, I forgot how awesome everything is. That's kind of how that Packers victory felt, being able to cheer and get excited. and uh, Yeah, it was that was awesome. With
3: the Packers, but I'm at work bored today. Here's my statement that I wanted you to follow up on. All right. I, I get it. I'm at work. I'm bored, so I start looking up stuff about the Packers. Sure. I look up Rudy Ford, PFF. I'm not sure if he's touched on this in any of your – any of your podcasts, and I just missed it. Go look at his PFF grade.
5: He's amazing.
3: Now. So then I look up Darnell Savage PFF. <laughs> Go ahead and look up his grade for okay. all the listeners. Look up Rudy Ford PFF grade and then look up Darnell Savage PFF grade.
4: All right. Now, that
3: being said, Savage is out of safety. We've already made that move, but wow. I don't know if he should be on the field at this point, man. Like, this is worse than Ha Ha Clinton So yes. I guess my question is. Um, should Savage be on the field at all? Period. Um, can Keyshawn Nixon play his spot? Can Jonathan Abram play his spot? I mean, he is. Ugh. But again, really like Packer after Dart. Hope all is well. And uh, take care.
4: All right, man. Let's do this. Seven different people have played safety for the Packers. I'm going to read all the grades. And. Um, it's pretty, it is pretty staggering when you look at it like this. I don't even know the best way to do it, because it's like the top and bottom are like the surprise kind of thing. Um, let's start from the bottom. Of seven people, and granted, some people, uh, Dallin, Levitt, Tariq Carpenter, we're talking one snap. Uh, Shamar, Jean Charles, three. But still, seven. Out of seven, Darnell Savage has the worst grade... Of anybody. That includes Jonathan Abram. Now, he's new. He hasn't played for the Packers, but he has played 400-some-odd snaps so far this season. He's the second lowest. <laughs> Adrian Amos is the third lowest graded. After that is Dallin Levitt, then Tariq Carpenter, then Shamar Jean Charles, and the grades are 47, 49, 55, 59, 59, 62. They're all bad. However, there's this one guy. It jumps from Shamar Jean Charles's sixty-two point two overall grade to an eighty-nine point nine, and we are getting into not small sample size anymore territory. I mean, this last game—first of all, he's played two games uh, for the Packers in which he had significant snaps. Right? He played between weeks five and nine. This is his snap count: one, four, nine, six, four. But in week four, he played forty-four snaps. In week 10, it was 63. In those two games, he had a 78.9 overall grade and an 88.3 overall grade. His coverage grades in those games, 74.7 and 86.3. In in such a small period of time, 80 coverage snaps total for the year. He already has two interceptions, one pass breakup, and a 42.4 coverage grade. In fact, why don't we do this? Let's just get rid of the Green Bay Packers and look at this. Do you know who the second highest graded safety in football is? It's Rudy Ford. It's Rudy Ford. So, um, again, it is a small sample size, and I do not expect it to stay there. However, I said the exact same thing about Razul Douglas and Devondre Campbell. Devondre Campbell, in particular, never performed very well, ever, in his career. Comes here, plays well top three top five linebacker and, and what am i saying that's awesome don't expect it to stay that way though because he's just not that good guess what he did stay that way so we shall see but great point and um i always appreciate it when you guys give me tweetable content uh that i give you no credit for so thank you for that
6: hey ryan hey
4: it's
6: joe janitor hey
4: joe the janitor Connecticut.
6: How's it going, buddy?
4: I'm great. How are you?
6: So, yeah, it's a little little early in the morning. I was just thinking. It is. It's it's crazy to think that the Packers were playing the Titans, right, and we're favorites, but it's crazy to think that we might win two games in a row. Yeah. That's a crazy thought when last year we couldn't possibly – Think that we would lose two games in a row?
5: It's crazy that it's crazy. Let alone
6: win two games in a row. Yeah. Different season, huh? Yep. Well, uh, so pretty happy about Watson. Then got good, good game yet. Um, he was like four of eight. So um, four uh, drops. One of them, I think he didn't even touch. He didn't look. The right direction or something. So say three drops, but he had three touchdowns. Amazing. Who cares about the three drops, right?
5: Yeah.
6: And you got this guy, Amari. I saw something on Twitter that he, he has eight career catches, eight career catches, but seven fumbles. Seriously? How? Did this guy not get benched last year? Uh, and, and, and then Matt Lafleur finally says, "Yeah, he's not going to return punts anymore." Oh, oh, so who's gonna? Oh, we'll figure it out. I, I'm pretty sure we figured it out. Right. So, anyway, it's just my early morning thought. Joe's jam checking in. Shalom.
4: Shalom. Yeah, it's always, you know, they they do this coach speak stuff sometimes, and and once in a while they do it, and they try to cover for something that's really obvious. Like, why are you even bothering to do that? I mean, I I kind of get it, but I kind of it's just it's just kind of corny, you know. Like I don't know, we it's a it's a competition. That's what we do here. We're always competing. Just say the guy's name, will you? Nixon's the returner. We know that Nixon's a returner. Don't do stupid stuff. Don't say don't don't be stupid with me, you know. <laughs> You know full well who the returner. We all do. In fact, I don't know why the question was asked, but that's not the point. Hey, Ryan. Hey.
7: Nico. What's up? Um, Listening to your podcast. Thank you. Uh,
4: Appreciate that. You know. Because why? super awesome that we won. Well, <clears throat> I thought you were going to I
7: know a lot of people have had this thought too, awesome. but can you imagine? Um, let's say Christian Watson becomes the dude we all wanted to yeah. So let's face it, without speed.
4: To be fair, he doesn't have... Nobody on planet Earth has the human potential to be what my heart's desire hopes he can be. Let's just get that out of the way right now. I can't speak for everybody, but in my mind, when I'm building up like how good this could potentially be, like what his ceiling is, it's physically, humanly impossible to be that good. So, sucks to be him.
7: It, just, it, just, it opens the field so much Defensive coordinators, it's like Randy Mossby. Defensive coordinators is like, what do we do? Play off the guy 20 yards, you still one past the guy. Yeah. You play off him 20 yards, you throw a quick pass. And then we got Romeo Dobbs. I mean, he's kind of a dude. I know it's really early to tell, but he's kind of a dude. He's kind of proved it. Yep. And then you got that other dude. What's that other guy's name? I can't even remember. I
4: don't
5: know. The other guy we drafted Ture? last year.
7: Toure. Yeah, Samari yeah. Toure.
4: What if we got three dudes? Do you know he's a historical figure? I learned that when I was playing Civ. I was playing Civilization. I think I might have mentioned this already, but I look over in the corner, and it's says Samori Ture, and I'm like, uh, excuse me? The football player? That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so that's a thing.
7: And the draft. What if, like, three years from now, we have the best three receivers in the NFL?
4: Mm. And just watch it. See what I mean about expectations? They'll never... They can't reach our... We've, we've gone crazy and these receivers will fail us and we will be sad.
7: And and Dobbs are just slaying defenses. What slaying. the heck? You and me could be a quarterback
4: and still Dude, play for 300
7: yards and four times. We should do it. Ah, just a little random thought. <clears throat> uh, I'm enjoying the Eagles loss because that, I mean, ultimately will help us. If we're going to be like, let's run one to the end, Right. you know, um, but, uh yeah, we could have three dudes in one draft. I guess maybe some people will have to admit that to comes in that horrible draft after, after that.
4: Um,
7: or not. They could still just hold the line and say, no, he's terrible. But anyway, <clears throat> I mean, we could have three dudes, so that would be awesome. This
4: guys being uh, hey, dudes. Uh, peace out. Peace out to your mother.
7: So I have another thought. I All know, right. you know, after he dropped the first pass of the season, Rogers sort of strayed away from him. I guess we could just say early in the season, didn't know the guy, and then as the season went on, I think Rogers. you know, it's like Rogers was a believer before anybody else.
4: Was. Yes. So here's, I'm going to interrupt you just on the off chance. You're going to say what I'm going to say. I want to be the one to say it so I sound smarter. And it sounds like you're copying me, even though you sent this Monday at, at 1049 p.m., Here's the timeline that I see. Christian Watson didn't have a whole lot of time, right? Didn't really, whatever. Week one, drops the pass. They're like, screw that guy. We're not throwing that way. Whatever. Continue on. He made the comment about, you know, you don't throw to him and then you go back and watch the film and you're like, dude, uh, what? That was Roger's comment on top of all the speed and everything else. He said he went back and watched the tape and thought, I got to look that guy's way more often. Then the injury started ramping up, right? He was out with an injury and then he came back and he went out almost immediately with an injury. But we found out when he came back, what did they say? They had a lot of stuff planned for Christian Watson in that game. Next week, a lot of plans went out injured again, two weeks in a row. So they went back and watched the film early and, and despite all the problems, they realized this guy needs to play. He needs to be more involved in the offense, but he just kept getting hurt. This is the first game where they said he needs to be a big part of this offense and a part of this game plan. And he was healthy and we saw it and it materialized in 107 yards and three touchdowns.
7: You know, he had seen him in practice and stuff. And, and even in this last game, he just kept throwing to him and they were showing plays where, and I'm talking about Christian, Um, you know, there was a play where it showed, uh, uh, Lazard was wide open on a shorty first down, but he still went to Watson right. and, and dropped it. Why is he doing that? Because you know what? Aaron's a
4: believer. So. Well, and and Clayton and I talked about this. It'll be on, I think, tomorrow's podcast. Um, but we, we, we talked about that also, about how Rodgers is choosing to go to him in critical situations. You look at the breakdown of all the throws, the third downs, the fourth downs, the touchdowns. On top of that, the the touchdown pass, the short touchdown pass, the third one, I believe it was, um, he had Christian Watson and Alan Lazard both open. He threw it to Christian Watson. So we're now in a situation where, I mean, you think about that big completion to uh, Lazard, that was a play that was designed the entire time to go to Lazard. How many times did he, in critical situations, when he has multiple reads, does his eye go to Watson over Lazard? I'd be very curious because I, I agree. It seems like when he's in a pinch, not just like, hey, we need a big shot here. In a pinch, like it's fourth and seven. Or we need a third down conversion. He's going to Watson in those situations. And that's crazy to me.
7: Aaron believes this dude is the dude. He could be better than we all can imagine. And yeah, nope. I'm kind of waxing and elegant on one game of three tubs.
4: But uh, you know what? Hey, we ain't had much talk about it last. That's a good thing, or that's the bad thing about a short week. If he sucks, and this is his only good game ever, we only got a couple days to talk about how great he's going to be. But that's why we got to milk it and get a little crazy.
7: Five games, so maybe we'll talk about it. So, uh, yeah. So if Aaron thinks Watson's the dude, he could be better than we uh, all imagined.
4: I'm saying.
7: So I'm gonna go back to playing video games. Uh, you yes. have a great
4: night, dude. Dude, I I hear you. I got to wrap this up and stop talking to you dummies so I can get back to going to StarCraft because I got Artanis to level 13 and I'm trying to get him to 15 so I can get that starting off thing where you max out at 200 supply, okay? But I can't do that because I have 16 more calls to get to. What's up, Joe?
6: Hey, Ryan. Joe the janitor Hello.
4: Hey there. Uh, So I
6: wanted to uh, touch on a couple things. Careful. About, uh, you know... Yes, I um, I wasn't exactly on call. You can't be on call as a janitor, okay. right? But um, the people that they have working for this place is pretty bad. So here's a funny story. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is just a movie theater, right? So uh, no disrespect to anyone that works in movie theaters or to myself, but, I mean, it's not a great job. You know, so the quality of people you have coming in to get jobs, out of filling out applications isn't very great. Um, I got a call recently, another one. Here, here, here was a thing, and I just so happened to be uh, working that day, so I fixed it. But this uh, uh, 23-year-old Gen Z guy lives home with mom and dad in the basement. Um, yeah, this kind of guy, is, his mommy toddles him because uh, she thinks the the snotty tissue she cleans from the bedroom um, when she's doing his laundry and making his bed. Anyway, yeah, this guy, uh, the blower for drying your hands is out and I was trying to explain to him how to reset the breaker closet where it was to it out.
5: And, and, you know, I
6: just so happened to be uh, 10 minutes away I had to come back to work and uh, show this guy how to do this. 23-year-old man. I
1: mean,
6: come on. But, funny part about this story, found out he was a Cowboys fan.
4: That explains it. Or at least that explains why he Was playing dumb so that you had to come in and do it, but no, that's uh, that's pretty crazy, man. You know, gotta know how to reset a breaker and whatnot. I'm pretty uh, pretty stupid with all that stuff, but I I at least I'm at least at that level. You know, I'm I'm the dad that's like, hey man, this outlet isn't working. I'm like, hold on, I know what to do. And then you disappear to the basement, come back, and you're like, there you go. And like, what'd you do? Like, I don't know, just did some dad stuff. No big deal. You can't tell them how to do it. That's the thing. I mean, you should, as a dad, you should be teaching. Like, if you're not there, you want your wife to know how to do it. Your kids, you're supposed to be teaching them and mentoring them and growing them. But I'm just saying don't do that because it takes away the magic of how awesome you are. It's a it's a vain glory thing, you know? And then they look up to you as like, dude, he went in the basement and just started like doing stuff. And he got power into the house to this one outlet. He's like a He's like a god almost. And you're like, no, come on come on don't say that that's not that's not right I'm just uh, you know I just I just know stuff I'm a dad man you know dads know how to do stuff we just you know draw the line at taking out the garbage that's a little bit too complex but you know like bam power's back on I know what to do I know how to do that it's no big deal hey Ron
6: this is Terrell from Virginia I'm just wondering how much of a mind screw that Aaron Rogers did Mike McCarthy (laughs) Mike McCarthy had a chance to have a reckoning, as Aaron Rodgers said before, not revenge, but a reckoning. And Aaron Rodgers says, hey, let's meet before the game and bury the hatchet. So Aaron Rodgers took away that killer instinct that Mike McCarthy might have had going up to this game. Aaron Rodgers was brilliant on that one.
4: Thank you. That's, a, that's a good theory that I haven't considered. He wanted to meet with Mike McCarthy so he can put that juju on him. Maybe that has something to do with it. Is he still dating that witch? Maybe, maybe like, the the spells take a while. Can somebody look that up? Like, is there, like, a ramp-up period for hexes and curses and spells? Or maybe she's new at it. You know what I mean? Before she was dating Rogers, she probably didn't have a ton of money, although people know her name, so she's somewhat notable. Maybe she does. But the point is, maybe Rogers got her, like, some witch classes, um, figured that whole thing out. Maybe maybe, and I know, I know this has nothing to do with what you're saying, but just hear hear me out. Giselle was like the witch of the NFL, right? She did all the curses and stuff, and that's why Brady was so good. We get all that, right? Now when they were going through their rough patch, she obviously made sure that that Brady sucked at football and all that. She left. She's out of the picture. She's done. She's out with some dude in the Bahamas now, like a 30-year-old stud. I saw pictures. I don't know. They might have been fake. doesn't matter. Point is, now, blue of Earth, blue, uh, blue universe has an easier path. You know what I mean? There's not a more powerful witch controlling the NFL, so so she ha- she can exert her force into the NFL. And like her first magic trick spell was uh, this Dallas game. Mike McCarthy getting all up in his head. So, yeah, Rogers is – maybe she gave the spell to Rogers so that was, like, in him, and then he had to pass it along with a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And Mike's like, dude, what are you doing? That's kind of stupid. And he's like, don't worry about it, man. I just missed you. And they gave him that look, you know, the the look like I just put a curse on you look. You know the look. Um, That's probably what makes the most sense to me.
0: Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. Hey, Craig. Uh, just thought I'd give you a little uh, post-game report about the crowd at Lambeau since I was at the game.
4: I heard bad things. Um,
0: there were uh, definitely a, l- there were a lot of Cowboy fans. Um, oh. It's It seems like uh, more than in the past on the big jumbotron or the big screens, um, when we're on offense, they're, you know, keep quiet, men at work, Uh Different football players are coming out sucking the crowd, uh including Aaron Rodgers. But um I think the Cowboys would see that, uh the Cowboy fans and just kind of uh get in a bit of an uproar. Um kudos so. to their fans for doing that. Um there is one of the videos from uh David uh Bakhtiari, um trying to quiet the crowd that I thought was very funny. I don't know if there's a way to see that anywhere else other than on the jumbotron, but um Anyway, I did think the crowd, the Packer crowd, got into it more as the the game was going. I thought they had good energy when the Packers were running out and stuff, so I wasn't quite sure how that would be, but I thought it was pretty good. Um, Still too many people sitting when they should be standing and and yelling their their butts off, but um, they definitely were more engaged as the the game was going on. Um, so anyway, good time at Lambeau probably one of the better games I've seen there in the last uh, 10 years or so that I've been going uh, nice
5: on my season
0: tickets and uh hope that the I think it's a gold package. I uh, hope that crowd is uh, is rocking it on Thursday night against the Titans. Go back out.
4: Yeah, and I appreciate your honesty because I've every time I've commented on the the crowd noise not being where it's supposed to be, somebody always calls in and and says, "I was there. And I know that it was awesome. It's like, all right, well, I guess I can't... I guess I'm not allowed to disagree with you, although I know that you're wrong because I watched it and it was bad. And also the coaches and the players and everything are like, yeah, you guys suck at this and need to be better. Um, What was I going to say? I don't know. Let's move... Oh, yeah. Uh, please don't sell your tickets to Titans fans this time. I saw something about Titans were going to sell back some tickets. Hopefully Packers. I, I'm hoping it's a, a rocking crowd. I understand... Packers suck. We were supposed to get spanked by the Cowboys. It's getting cold. You're like, nah, I'm going to skip out on this one. I get it. Show up to this one, please, okay? If you want the season tickets, go to the game. If you don't, there's a line of like 50 billion people. Give it to somebody else.
8: Hey, Ryan, Garrett. Hey. Uh, A friend of mine just messaged me and said that uh, the Packers just released Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill, and... I have to say I'm, I'm one of the few that maybe would be saying I'm disappointed to hear that because I don't think the guy really got shot at the slot position. Agreed. I think there was potential there. They wouldn't have picked him in the first place, and it's disappointing to see that outcome. I'm I'm, I'm really actually kind of shocked that they, they went as far as to release him. So uh, Kylan Hill is a surprise, too, and that kind of makes me wonder, what are they making room for? Whom are they making room for? And I was just wondering speculative, uh, are they making room to sign somebody that's a free agent to come in? Um, and, or, or are they going to wait until after Thursday to kind of see what happens? Cause I know as we draw closer and closer to being mathematically uh, eliminated, I still feel like emotionally we're not eliminated. Um, this win was definitely a shot in the arm. Uh, there was definitely guys out there that we've been calling for like with Rudy Ford it's like man I'm glad to see that guy out there and see what he can do um, I really want to see uh, him come up and make some hits like this guy can can do so it's players like that that uh, seemingly uh, can really make a difference and, and turn the table sometimes and especially in just the emotion on the field so we'll see what happens but uh uh, the dust is settling on the wind, and now we're looking forward to the Titans, and uh, we'll just see what happens. Go Pack Go.
4: Yeah, so I, I think it's it seems pretty clear to me. We we did find out that there were some off the field issues with Kylan Hill. Don't exactly know what that means. He said it had to do with off the field, not on the field. Talking about Matt Lafleur, um, and he also made a comment about you need to no matter it's a privilege to be a Packer, and you need to be supporting guys no matter what your what your role is or whatever. So. I don't know if he was just a bad influence or if he was talking bad about people or a bad locker room guy complaining about his role. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but whatever it was, it got back to the coaches and and, and good for them honestly. Um because this is honestly what you need. I know that you're you're a player friendly guy. I know you're a good dude, you're a nice guy, but there needs to be that that point of there's a line in the sand. And um you know, I can be the most loving caring, friendly, awesome coach ever. And, you know, you get days off, you get this, you get that. But there are lines, and if you cross them, there's a problem. Um, That that applies to your play on the field. I don't tolerate, you know, mistakes, repeated mistakes, um, all that stuff. There's going to be a problem if you're doing that stuff. But number two, and especially number two, is your attitude, the way you speak, the way you treat other players, the way you treat me. Um, there's hard lines in the sand about that stuff. And, you know, again, you preach culture and you preach the standard, but we never really see it. This is an example of that standard. And as much as it sucks, both of these guys qualify. There is a standard in Green Bay, and Amari, you don't meet it, so you're leaving. And with Amari, as much as I, I tend to agree with you, I think the fact of the matter is they gave up on him as a wide receiver a long time ago, and the only thing keeping him on this team was returns. And when they finally let that go, they said he's got to go. And again, with with Kylan, it's a, it's the same thing, but just from a different perspective. There's a standard here, and and it is a, a privilege to be a Green Bay Packer. And if you're not going to respect that, then you can go. We don't need you. There needs to be an element of that. Um, it's it's also good for the other players. I mean, if what's the reward to a guy like Jair? I mean, I know he got paid money, but but okay, a guy like Rashawn, a guy like whatever. What is the reward outside of it? maybe you get a big check one day, and even after beyond you get paid? What, what 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 reward? Jair is a good example. He already got paid. What reward is there for for if you put in extra work, if you try hard, if you do this, if you meet the standard, if you exceed the standard? What does it matter if you get the exact same thing as everybody else? That's the kind of culture that just spirals downward, right? If, if two guys get the same paycheck and one guy's doing all the work and the other guy's sitting around watching YouTube videos, what's the benefit to the guy doing all the work? And why should he keep doing that? Why shouldn't he start watching YouTube videos and doing less other than just general pride and, and not wanting to go down that road? So there has to be that, that hard, firm reaction that you will be a specimen. You will act and, and, and study and train a certain way or you won't be here. So I get it. I do.
8: Hey, Ryan. I wanted to kind of go outside of the Green Bay realm of topics and just uh, discuss something that does relate to them down the road. Uh, I'm not trying to look past the Titans, but watching the game uh, with Washington versus Philly, Um, it was impressive to me how a, a backup quarterback that did you know, did beat Green Bay Packers, uh, managed to beat the unbeaten Philadelphia uh, Phillies, or, uh, sorry, Eagles. Um, and I'm just wondering what you think. It's like at any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody. It really is comes down to that. But it does look like, you know, the Eagles are beatable. Um, I'm not going to get optimistic to the point of thinking, okay, we, we've got that game uh, we just beat Dallas, we can beat them too. But anything can happen. So I'm just wondering, looking at the next two or three games ahead, uh, I was just wondering when are we really looking at the chance that we kind of get over that hump of mathematically being uh, eliminated versus actually getting to that point where we're maybe got one or maybe even two teams underneath us. Going into what will be, you know, the wild card spot.
4: Um
8: just, you know, speculation wise. Have a good one.
4: Yeah, I mean I, I think our odds are pretty low. We're we're as some people have pointed out, we're basically like in the playoffs already. And we, we can technically lose a couple and still get there, but um it's 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 a bleak outlook and I I I I'm trying not to even necessarily go there because it's certainly possible, you know. I think we had the same record when we ran the table last time. Um we're not mathematically eliminated, but I don't think it's going to take very much. And so that's why I look at this Tennessee Titans game as a major game. Because if we can win this game and prove that we're still that team even if we lose to the Eagles, you know, I mean at that point you're you're definitely in all-in mode and you need to win from there on out, but um this is going to be a big test. So I don't have a number as far as where where or when that happens, but I know that we're 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 very close to a top ten pick and we're very close to a playoff berth. Obviously, a lot of that depends on what other teams do, but um, you know I, I would say if you're talking three straight wins or three straight losses, um, you're you're probably if you if you get three straight wins, you're probably looking at on the cusp, if not in the playoffs. If you're looking at three straight losses, you're you're talking probably top top five pick. So that's kind of how close I've, I view us to being in both of those directions. Why don't we take a break here? I don't think we're going to be able to get through all of them, but I will do my best. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support this here podcast. Um, if you'd like to support Furrow Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, that would be greatly appreciated. We are giving away, Clayton is giving away, a signed Paul Horning jersey which is very, very awesome, and I'm very appreciative that he is doing that. So if you're interested in a Paul Horning jersey, all you have to do is donate to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, and um, when you do that, you will be entered in, and you will get multiple entries. I I should have asked, I don't exactly remember how many is an entry, if it's per dollar, per five dollar, whatever. These are additional entries into uh, winning the jersey. So you get to do something good, and you also potentially get something in return. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back.
10: Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Have you ever experienced turbulence on a flight and wondered why?
1: And you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, You've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, everything's peachy.
2: Maybe you've sat on the tarmac for hours wondering why your plane isn't moving.
0: Well, we're outside here. They're saying the ramp is closed. They won't let us park because of uh, Air Force Walks.
2: Listen in on the conversations between pilots and air traffic controllers on the Air Traffic Out of Control podcast.
1: Cyber Security declaring an emergency. There's smoke in the cabin. I need to make a landing right now on 31 left.
2: We have the most interesting, wild, and funny ATC recordings you will ever hear. Check out Air Traffic Out of Control wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
10: Hey, what's going on? In this old modified firefighter just hey. called uh do my thoughts on the releases. Um, yep. I was kind of surprised about Amari Rogers being cut. Being that this is second year, it's kind of like, we already thin at wide receiver. And so, I would just say, just I, if you remember, I called back blasting them, like, they need to find somebody to replace them. But I didn't think they were going to cut them. I thought they were still keeping that receiver, especially with Kyle being hurt. Um, 'Cause we already been there. So I don't feel like he was a terrible receiver. He just was behind Aaron Rodgers B.S.S. So he won't gonna play and Cobb actually was playing pretty well. So I remember his rookie year, you uh, know, I think it was the Saints. So he he played all right going up for the ball and stuff. I mean, I know he probably won't be a superstar either way, but I feel like this is the second time that I can remember in recent years that we cut somebody, like, off of something just drastic.
5: Yeah. Like,
10: I remember Ty Montgomery, we cut him because he did a kick return, and then they cut him. And, like, I mean, he's still a good player. He's still playing to this day. I'm not saying say he's – I wouldn't say a good player, but he still, you know, has an NFL career. So him being a third-round uh, draft pick and for us to cut him in his second year, I think, is a little premature. I would at least bought him, you know, back one more year. 'Cause Cobb's gonna be gone, let him compete for that slot job along with whoever else draft was signed. Seemed like a little smarter deal, but um what all I like I said, him the best. Very surprised about Calvin Hill though. Um I know a lot of people might not remember, but in preseason last year he was the beast. Like he did awesome. Right. I know he got some playing time last year, he didn't I wouldn't say he replicated it, but he didn't, you know, look with a little bit of time he got. But uh, i definitely surprised they got that because we're so thin at running back. So it's kind of like it ain't like we got three beast running backs. Like if if Jones go down, Dylan go down, we ain't got nobody that can do it. And I, I kind of felt like uh, having Hill not – no, I should say not having Hill for last year's playoffs <clears> or <throat> that year – um whatever year he got hurt, I can't remember um, – that messed us up because when Jones got hurt or Dylan got hurt, one of them got hurt – we ain't the nobody in there. We put in Taylor, and I don't really like Taylor, to be honest with you. But Either way, go Pack Go. And let's uh, see what we do next week or Thursday. Bye.
4: Yeah, I appreciate the call, Omar. Kind of already talked about it. Obviously, we got some new details on uh, on Kylan and whatnot, but it was definitely surprising. and We'll see how it goes with uh, some of the other guys. Hopefully, let's be honest, hopefully we don't have to see a lot of them because Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are healthy and, and doing what they need to
10: do.
7: So, for all of the negative nancies
10: uh, from the past (laughs) couple of weeks,
7: the XFL is so. It's always a good time to jump ship to there. There you go. While we watch the Packers come back to go to the Super Bowl, baby. I'm also um, wanting the Packers come back to do the Super Bowl so that way I can have another edition of the Tom Austin Show starring me, Tom Austin, with my special guest host, sometimes guest host, sometimes guest host, uh, JJ and Clayton. Tune in, Super Bowl. He'll be there.
4: Look forward to that. Thank you. Thank you for your positivity, Thomas Austin, your negative positivity.
9: Hey, Ryan. Hey. It's Joe, the janitor. Hey, Joe, the janitor. So, um, early morning here. Um, I had another early morning thought. So, um, you know, I was going to call and, and talk about how excited I am that Amari Rockers was released. But, um, I'm not going to do that. I'm pretty sure we're going to get plenty of those calls on Net After Dark. Um... Anyway, uh, I do want to bring this up. That I was thinking, you know, this guy—he is a human and he deserves to be treated decently. And you know, he he did stuff pretty bad for us, but um, hopefully they release him with some dignity. And because um, you know, like the human element, it's kind of like a little bit of the human element you bring to your podcast once in a while, uh, bringing your family into it. Talking about your daughter and how she knocked, knocked the thing off the wall cause she uh, watched the TV upside down. Like I got kids. I, I can get that. Like I understand, you know, like, uh, to most of us that listen to your podcast, um, you're larger than life, right? Um, this is something we do to get away from our normal life, listen to you rant and talk and it's great. And, um, I'm grateful that I have this. Podcast to listen to, and, um, that we got tackling that after dark now. And, you know, RIP and Mari Rogers, um, it's been great. Well, it really wasn't, but, uh, I wish him best of luck in, um, uh, CFL or maybe Arena Football League or wherever his future may bring him because, um, I, I, I think we held on to him a little too long and I doubt that any other NFL team is going to want a player that, um, has eight career catches and seven career fumbles, but, um, I wish him the best. And, um, again, your biggest fan. It's
6: a fan. Shalom. I
4: appreciate the sentiments, man. That was very nice of you to say. Um, hopefully, uh, this is, not just the callers that enjoy it, and everyone else is like, oh, this show is stupid, but uh, everybody's kind of getting something out of it. So I appreciate uh, all the, the kind words, and I appreciate your calls, Joe. Let's see what Packer Superfans super got to say.
2: Good morning, Ryan. Mike Henry, AKA Packer Superfan. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ryan. I just wanted to touch base you this morning on a couple things. Um, great win. I haven't had a chance to call in since the. So they pulled this game out against the Cowboys. Um, there's our guy, Christian Watson. Yep. Uh, this, that was the moment we were waiting for all season. I I, I just could not be more elated for that guy um, to see a guy struggle early and you know have the injuries, or not just just not being on the same page with the team uh, through training camp, um, and and for, for him to finally break out. Uh, just a fantastic story. So look look for really great things from him moving forward. Um, biggest reason I'm calling today, though, is, is I'm in a quandary this morning. Um, I don't know what to make out of this team now with this, this victory against the Cowboys. I mean, coming into this season, those two home, these two home games, the Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans, I had these chalked up as wins. They always beat the Cowboys, especially in Lambeau, right? Yep. And... I just think the Packers have the Titans number as well in Lambo. Not necessarily down in Tennessee, but in Lambo Packers have Tennessee's number. They should feed them every time. Um, so I'm in a real quandary now. Um, as you know, I, I did not – I was not going to pick the Packers again until they won. Well, they've won, so now what? <laughs> I really feel like I'm in this no-man's land, you know, kind of like the team is right now of, you know – are they going to turn the corner? Really? I mean, are they really going to stick to the offense, the Matt Lafleur offense that they played in uh, against the Cowboys? <sighs> and what I mean by that is, I mean, are they going to truly stay under center? Have Rogers stay under center? Are they going to run the football first and foremost, with at least fifty to sixty percent of their their uh, play calls being runs and actually execute them as runs, not not checking out of them, but executing them as well. And then do the play-action game. I mean, that is the Matt LeFleur offense. I mean, it's the one that I was expecting at the beginning of the year. And uh, again, I, I, put, I, put, I put the full uh, stop of the offense. Even the motivation and whatnot, obviously, uh, there's some issues with the coaching staff as well, including Matt Lafleur, but if he's supposed to buy in and play this kind of offense, this team can do whatever they want. But he has to accept that role. He has to accept that role, and I'm
4: just not convinced that he's going to do it. Yeah, my, my biggest concern is this this matchup. Um, if it wasn't the Tennessee Titans, I would say, you know, hey, they saw it. I think there's a good chance that they're going to stick with it. But, um, again, the thing that, that bothers me is – This is the least run-against team in football. Nobody runs against the Titans. It's not anybody's game plan. And it's just hard to imagine the Packers are the one team that sticks to the run, considering they're the one team that never wants to run. So it'll be interesting, and if they don't do it, the question is, are they going to be able to throw against the Tennessee Titans? And if so, and they have success, great. But um, I think we all just don't want to see what we've been seeing the rest of the year, which is we try to run... Doesn't work. We're like, well, forget that, and then we get into hero mo- hero mode, and that doesn't really work because we don't we're we're not throwing successfully because we're not playing off the play action, and we're not really um, causing any hesitation or misdirection. It's just straight up. I want my guys to go out and win, and they can't. And Rogers gets mad, and it just kind of spirals. That's what we don't want to see.
1: Hey, Brian, it's Nate. Um, I'm calling in today for wait for it some positivity. Hey, I know it's a little outside my, uh, my MO, but I wanted to call and kind of see if, if you also could see this path happening. No, I don't, I don't actually fully see this happening, but I think that there is a reality out there somewhere where this Cowboys game could have been the catalyst to bring the team together after this huge losing streak. They finally win one. They do it as a team. They came together, they did it. Maybe this is what sparks the locker room and brings everybody together. And how great of a narrative would that be that we go from the worst one of the worst teams in the NFL and we sneak into that bottom seed and we we go all the way and we we did it by coming together and beating the old coach of our team. That's a great narrative. You know how the NFL loves their narratives. And I, I don't know, I, I thought maybe some positivity for a change, you know, coming off of a win, I generally talk more negatively than positively. So I'm trying to do a little bit better, but um I don't actually think that's going to happen, let's be honest. But I think it could, it could. Uh It's going to depend because like I've always said, I think that this team is one of the best on paper. Uh It's got all the talent in the world that you could ever ask for. It just depends if we can get, the maximum play out of these guys. If they can play a hundred percent, I don't, I don't actually see a world where that couldn't happen. Um, that being said, uh I, the Titans are going to be a rough one for us. We got to take out Derek Henry. Um, he's pretty much the whole offense. So let's see uh, what we can do, but yeah, some positivity for today. Go back.
4: Yeah. And, and you're not alone in, in, Kind of how you're feeling, which is, I'm excited for them, and you know, hoping that they can kind of turn it around. That'd be awesome, but feeling like that probably isn't going to happen. But maybe it will. I don't know. Uh, you'll find out tomorrow on the podcast. I kind of go through a couple different uh television shows and whatnot and their thoughts on the Packers, and it's the same sentiment. It could range from more positive side to more negative side. Positive being, hey, they could really do it, and negative being, why, you know, it's just one game. Calm down. But at the end of the day. The overall sentiment is, I don't know if they're going to turn it around. I have no idea. I don't know if it's a good football team or not. Nobody knows anything about the Green Bay Packers. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good time to be positive because why not? It might be the last time for a while.
5: Hey, Ryan. This is Daniel from Milwaukee. Hey, man. Um, I just wanted to call in about Rudy Ford. Um, so I, I don't know where I heard this from. If it feels from, you know, one of you guys here at the PackerNet podcast or network or if it was another podcast I was listening to, but I heard uh, someone say that Rudy Ford um, was picked up, well, yes, by Goody, but he wanted to come here um, not to be a special teams player. Like, yes, that was his, you know, uh, ticket. that was his strong suit. At every other team like Jacksonville and um I forgot the other team he played for that was his strong suit, but he came here because he knew he could get a opportunity um and an opportunity to play safety um and so having guys like that that come into our organization um just to solely ball out in the position that they uh you know, we we're, we're drafted at you know, is is huge. And Goody once again, uh, finding another gym and it's just wonderful to see him, you know, having that game. So yeah, I just wanted to let you know that. So um yeah, go back home.
4: Yeah, Rudy Ford is another interesting one. It kinda of like the Packers in general where I don't know which way this is gonna go on one hand, I'm looking at it going, it's a small sample size, the guy's never done anything, why should I believe that he's, you know, that this is anything other than a fluke? And then you realize how many times I've said that since Kutakunst has been here. I mean, seriously, how many times is this guy going to pick up seeming nobodies, put him in prominent roles and watch him succeed? I mean, Devondre Campbell, when we picked him up, he was playing well, and my thought was, you know, okay. You know, like I just said, um, didn't really expect him to do anything, and then he ends up sustaining that level of success, and and again, Razul Douglas is another one. And I mean, every, so many guys have exceeded. Zadarius exceeded my expectations. He was he was good when we got him, but he wasn't like one of the premier pass rushers in football. That happened after he got here. Preston Smith, same thing. So, the amount of guys that have come here and and thrived is pretty incredible, in my opinion.
5: Hey Ryan, I was just catching up on uh, the podcast. And you and another caller were talking about uh, D three football. Were you referring to Mount Union uh, I think so. as the other school that like dominates uh, D three football? Uh, if so, let me know. All right, bye bye.
4: I think so. I know. I know it was two words: Mount Union or Saint something, Saint whatever. Mount Union sounds right, though. Yeah, I know it was back in around. Uh, let's see, when did I go to two thousand six, seven, eight? Somewhere in that range. It was it was Whitewater and some other team. So that sounds right though.
6: Hey Ryan.
4: Hey. This is Scoop of Steve here. Hey, Scoop Steve. How are you? Good. How are you?
7: Well, I'm doing good. Good. Um, well, I was just really excited because I want to tell you, if you go back and listen to some of my one of my voicemails to you, yeah. I said the Packers were gonna win eleven games and guess what? That's gonna happen. All right. And then next um, I said the Lions are going to lose 13 games, and that's going to happen. Well, um, I might have said the Lions were going to win 13 games, but either way, yeah, 13, win, lose. that's going to be the correct number. number. And I just want to tell you, um, that makes me pretty smart.
4: True. That's right.
1: Hey, Dad, is that Uncle Ryan?
4: Scuba Steve Jr.,
6: go back to your room.
1: Bye.
6: All right, Ryan. Hope you have a good day. Thanks. Bye.
4: <laughs> have a good one, Scuba Steve. It's always a great pleasure when we get to hear from you and your uh, your your children.
9: Hey, Ryan. This is Jake the Uper. Um, hey, Jake. Calling back, and I just want to talk about my nerves for tomorrow night's game uh, against the Titans. Yeah. The reason why I'm nervous is because of the run game of the Titans. And I just think it'd be fantastic if Devontae Wyatt somehow has a fantastic game. That
4: would be awesome.
9: Just to shut up the haters. So we have, you know, back to back good weeks from, uh, top draft picks from, uh, this season. So I just think that'd be fantastic. But well, go pack go and, uh, hopefully we have another victory tomorrow. All right. Thanks a lot.
1: Take it easy. Bye now.
4: I got to be honest, the only thought I had when you said that was I. my eyes rolled back into my head so hard when you said that the Devontae Wyatt haters, you know how boring this is? Like guys don't succeed in the first four, five, six, seven weeks of their season in which they've played like 50 total snaps. And we got to try to like argue with quote unquote haters. Like, are you guys freaking serious? How many times do we have to go over this and talk about this? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, okay, at this point, Amari was a bust. At this point, from the moment he got cut, that was a bad pick. Prior to that, we didn't know. He didn't play very much. We didn't have enough information I mean, Christian Watson's another example. Like, you guys keep doing this. Like, oh, Gutekunst is trash. He's a terrible pick. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, don't you think it's a little early? Like, maybe it's not going to work out, but don't you think it's a little early to be trashing a guy for that plays for the team that you claim to root for? And then he breaks out, and what do you do? You move on to a different pick. Well, Devontae Wyatt is a it's just, it's never ending, and there's never going to be a way to convince you. There's never going to be a way, and that's what makes it so annoying. It's so stupid. You just set these ridiculous standards where if, if, unless everybody is a Hall of Fame player, Gutekunst is trash, and anyone that doesn't agree with that ridiculous take is some Brian Gutekunst sycophant bootlicker. It's the dumbest thing in the world.
1: Hey, it's Nate. I don't know if I got it in in time uh, before it closes, but everybody make sure to get out and vote for Christian Watson uh, for the Rookie of the Week. Um, I didn't hear anybody mention it, so get out there and vote. go back up.
4: Alright, that's it. That's how we're going to close it out. I don't know if it closed either, but he called in one hour ago, so hopefully if that's still open, you go do that. Go vote for Christian Watson. I can't imagine he doesn't win. Um, I, I just, I can't even imagine that, but uh, yeah, just hoping for a real good game. Please remember to call in. Give me your thoughts prior to the game, during the game, after the game. 608 718 We're going to head out of here. Have a good one. Bye bye.